Hey y'all, what's up? This is The House Show with Miguel and Kelsey, and currently on the road, recording this intro, Kelsey and I are walking across the street to do our laundry. But, okay. (laughs) So, uh, if you're listening today, first off, thank you. Um, Today's episode uh, is the interview that I recorded with the Obsessives from Washington, D.C., they're a two-piece uh, emo, punky group who, at that time, when I talked to them a month ago, had just graduated from high school and were five days into their uh, full U.S. tour, which I think was like over 40 days or something like that. Um, it's a really cool interview. You learn a lot about them. Uh, it, it helped me out just because I had only met them a year before, or I think it's coming up on a year now. Uh, So it's really cool getting to know them. Um, They're really cool dudes. uh, Very, very incredibly talented. uh, And with good heads on their shoulders. So uh, we hope you enjoy the interview that we did. It sounds kind of shitty. Like I said, it was the first interview that we did. Um, But yeah, hopefully you you like it, learn it, or learn about them. Uh, They are releasing a record called Heck No Nancy this uh, next month in September. Uh, So be on the lookout for that on Near Mint Records. Uh, For now, while we go do our laundry, the next episode that we'll do will be our, I guess, roundup of those bands that we saw. Yeah, the bands that we saw at Wrecking Ball Fest. We'll talk about some of the shows that we've been to. And then the majority of the next episode will be showcasing some of uh, Tallahassee bands that had just put out recent releases. So it should be fun. Hopefully you like this episode. Uh, again, thank you for listening. This house show with Miguel and Kelsey. Interview with The Obsessives. Thank you. Chairs are so comfortable. Are they really? Yeah. I love. I love those. They have a little give. Yeah, it, it gives a little bit of meaning to it. Tight, tight. I think. How the fuck did you get those chairs? I think like Kelsey's mom just gave it to us. I think you were getting furniture. Yeah. Why? Well, I've never had to buy furniture before my life. Oh well, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I guess did we? Well, I got that the entertainment system quotes. Um, when I first moved up here. But that was like split between me, Spencer, our friend Alyssa, who we were rooming with, and our other friend Jackie, who at the time was our fourth roommate. Um, actually, no, I think it was just between me and Spencer. But that was like from Walmart, and I've had that ever since 2010. 
the TV or just the, the cabinet? Just, the, yeah, like that little cabinet. The Dog, the TV was fucking crazier. My mom, I think I went to go visit before I had to go on tour and move here. It, that was even a crazier schedule. But she was just like, oh, do you like this TV? Because it was in like the room that I was I used to have. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, cool, take it. Yeah, and I... That's mom so, shit. That's right? Like, yeah. It's so awesome. Um, You're just like, fuck Yeah, it. that's the kind of stuff where my mom, like... I feel like when we're moving to watch, she's just gonna pull something like that. That'd be it's, tight. A, it's the kind of thing where you're just like, thank you so much. Yeah, like, how could you... Yeah. Like, Jackson's mom with our with our van, mm-hmm. she just kind of, like, gave it to us. Really? She was just kind of like... She was just kind of like, yeah, like, you guys can use it whenever you want. She kind of just, stuff. like, implied oh, that that's we so sick. just take it with us. And then right before I left, my mom... Uh, my mom just bought a new car, and so she has like uh, like a 2005 hatchback BMW, mm-hmm. and she was just like, "Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah." Yo. And she was like, "Okay." She was like, "You can take it to Philly with you," and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> too like that's too nice." And she's like, "I don't know, like I don't think it'll be worth selling it at this point." And I was like, Thank "That's you. very very yeah. attractive," um, but it, that was fun. But anyways, yeah. I've been recording. That's going to be a weird way to transition into yeah. the beginning of this. Uh, I still don't know how I want to host this podcast because I don't want to be like, all right, so we're <laughs> the obsessives. And yeah. Um, but I'm trying to mirror this very closely to how the Nerdist podcast is, where they just like starting with a conversation. It's just goofy, whatever. Um, but okay, so I guess talking to whoever the fuck is listening to this podcast, uh, first interview that we've ever done, uh, two friends that I met in the DC area, I have Jackson to my left and Nick to my right, the obsessives. Yo, hey, what's <laughs> up? It's cracking. Um, well, it's going to be confusing for whoever's listening because we have like the same voice. Kind of, right? People yeah, always think on the phone. Really? Like, I answer Jackson's phone when he's driving, and people are just like, hey, Jackson. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, no. Uh, all right, well, then, Nick, introduce yourself. Yeah, Jackson, I'm, introduce yourself. I'm Nick. play guitar and sing in the Obsessives um, in D.C. I'm Jackson. I play drums in the Obsessives, and I'm from Bethesda, Maryland, which is right outside D.C. Cool, cool. That's really awesome. Um, I know we already talked about most of, a, a little bit of this stuff. But five days in to now a 43-day tour. Yeah. How does it feel? It's exciting. Yeah. We, we didn't realize. We hadn't thought about it until yeah. we like hit the road. We were like, okay. It, was, it wasn't until our first drive to Richmond and we were just like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, six what? I remember six. right before we got, we had just packed up the car. We were about to leave Jackson's house. I'm sitting in the kitchen with his mom and she's trying to make me eat like macaroni and cheese. Huh. And I was like, Robin, like, why the are we going on tour for six weeks? And she was like, I don't know. Why would you book this? And I was like, I don't remember why. Moms being moms. Yeah. Trying to keep you level-headed, huh? Yeah. yeah. But y'all have toured before, right? Yeah, we've done three, three, short, three short tours. Three. How long were so they? So like one four-day tour, a three-day tour, and a six-day tour. And then now and it's now 42. <laughs> so does this seem like intimidating at all? It hasn't yet. I don't think it's... I think we it planned, still hasn't hit me all the yeah, way. It hasn't hit me fully, but I think we planned well enough that it's not horrible. I mean, we were just talking about it. it's going to be like we're in Seattle and like we still have three weeks left of wow. just being on the road. Is that yeah. like the halfway point? Seattle? Yeah, just I about. Seattle, yeah. Seattle's the 
20. We're going to be in San Diego, and it won't even be halfway through. Right. That's, but that's I mean, good to have yeah. that many days already under your belt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like really put together, it's like almost the, almost the first half yeah. of the tour. It's, um, it's, it's crazy. So did your expectations of tour, like, did you expect what you were going to expect the first times that you started to go out? Yeah, I would say yeah. Uh, not quite. I didn't really, yeah. The Nova scene is pretty professional. Yeah. Which, like, got our expectations pretty high. So we had a few yeah. unprofessional situations. Exactly. Um, where we were just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, that that happens a lot. But it's weird because there's just patches of the country we found out where there's just not DIY music. Mm-hmm. Like, from Virginia down to Florida, it's like, you play bars. It's kind of like the thing. And, and the it, first it, couple times we had... Oh my god, yeah, we've played Where the venue made like $400 and paid us didn't nothing. Pay us. No way. Like, didn't even yeah. vaguely get it. Or like, where the venue, like, at that at that show, I don't want to mention yeah. the name in case right. any of those people are listening. Yeah. Oh, like, I yeah. doubt it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like, like, low-key, they're also like, hey, like, should we take a cut of, like, their merch? And it's like, yo, we're... And then afterwards... Thank God we had sold merch because we, we drove sold nine hours. Wow. We drove not. We and drove, the venue made we literally $300 from tickets. We drove like from 40 Pittsburgh people there and to it was like, north of New York City. So that's not a nine-hour drive. Jesus Christ. Show up. Promoter fucks us. Takes a video of us, posts it online, calls it The Obsessions. Oppressive. The, oh, no! Oppressive. The, 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 the oppressive. oppressive. And then afterwards, he walks up while we're loading yeah. up, sitting hope there with like again. $40. He's like, hope to see you guys again. Hands us his business card and walks away. We're just like, we were like, dick, We were just like, oh They made my $300 God. and didn't pay any of the bands. That sucks. So, it was crazy. Places like that we avoid. Like, it was nice to know that like that happened yeah. the first couple times, but yeah. now we can avoid it. That's yeah, cool. Hopefully. Other thing on tour that we weren't expecting was um, money. Like, it's not as hard as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. If you, like, know the right people and know how to, like, save your money, right, you're, you're usually Unless not you get shitty luck, luck like that yeah. show. Occasionally, right. you have some really bad luck and you'll Which lose. Happens. Like, but it seems like worst case scenario, the most money you're going to lose is, like, two tanks of gas. So, like, for us, that's, like, 75, 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which isn't horrible, especially considering we, we work at home and so we we've been saving up our money for stuff like this cool that's actually a good transition because uh i think one of the main reasons that i want we started this podcast or at least one of my goals for anyone that might be listening to this is to get that idea out there that touring is possible it's not like just some faint dream that's unreachable we didn't even think about touring until it just came like last may i remember exactly i remember the moment doing this tour no, just no, touring in general. Because at first, like, our yeah. game plan was kind of just, like, play some local shows and kind of stop. It's like a year ago. A year ago, Nat Brown, who, who's, like, one of the people at the forefront of No, no. DIY, cool. walked up to us after we played our first uh, Northern Virginia show ever, handed us a list with, like, ten yeah, names right. on it next to states, and it was just like, you guys need to go on tour. What? Yeah. And so that's how we booked our first tour. And it was just three days. We did the probably the dumbest routing in the history of the world. <laughs> we did Pittsburgh to upstate New York to New Jersey. Philly. Well, we, we didn't even play Philly. Philly. Show, yeah. we, to New Jersey, and then we hung out in Philly. And then, <laughs> and then drove home. And drove home. So, so it was three shows, something like twelve or 1,300 miles. It was fun. How old were y'all? 
I seven. We were both seven. seventeen. Nice. So, and we like about broke even. It was like a, the few days after Jackson had his driver's license. Oh, cool. And we like just barely broke even, but we we didn't count our food back then as part of our money. Yeah, because we bought food with our own money, and then we had like band cash that we made. For we call it band bucks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a big sack of yeah. stack yeah. of ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, our first, our our first three. We kind of were just like, let's like just spend our money, like have fun, like have a good time, and just like use band money for like, like stuff that breaks and like incidentals and gas. Right. And then now we're trying to take it seriously, so we have like, we're every time we spend a cent, we like keep a log of it. That's good. And we're uh, just, it, it's all about taking it seriously. If you take yourself yeah. seriously, you're, you're gonna have a good time, and you're not gonna lose too much money. Yeah. And like, we definitely didn't expect. Six weeks, like a year ago, if we had talked about six weeks, no, that absolutely would be ridiculous. Not. This this just started because we're sitting kind of in a we we're sitting in a homeroom in February, right before anthropology class, and we were like, we were talking about like what we wanted to do this summer. And we we're like, do you want to just do a full U.S. And Jackson was like, like fuck it. <laughs> and at first we we're like, let's do like okay, like three or four weeks, and then we realized that's impossible. You can't do a full U.S. Yeah. in three weeks. So we so we had to decide whether to do like a two or three I week thing. We sat down over two go. days in anthropology class. Sorry, Mister Lopalato, <laughs> and, and did the routing, and that's the routing that we're doing now. It's like, yeah. But it was just, it was more like a fuck it thing. We like we were like thinking about doing it with a few different bands, and then we were like, but we knew it was doable after we'd done the first few because it was arduous. Though I started booking this in February, the beginning yeah. of February, I started booking this, and it's been like every day talking to a few people. Yeah. And now we have, we're on the tour and we have like 85, 90% of the books. That's so, so awesome, dude. I it's, love to hear It's that. been crazy. Yeah, it was cool that, uh, I was telling Jackson, I think you were um, getting your pack from the car, but you guys like lit a fire under my ass when we first started yeah. thinking about doing this podcast. Because like, oh, dude, that works out because that way I can just interview them and y'all could be like the first interview and this could actually be taken seriously yeah type of thing which i that's a really good mentality to have just like if you take it seriously exactly. it'll work yeah because now that's our whole thing it's just try like if you, you try if you hard. take yourself no one's gonna take you seriously unless you take yourself seriously mm-hmm. but also don't be a dick yeah <laughs> like it's Real it's not way. it's it's really not too hard to just be nice and kind even when everybody else is being an asshole and then like, if you think what you're doing is worth people taking seriously, like, do it right. Right. And that, that's that been, like, our whole thing with us for the last however long we've been taking it seriously for. Yeah. Like, uh, we've only really been taking it seriously for, like, a year, like, eight months. Right. Uh, so, you guys definitely planned ahead, but have you planned for, like, any roadblocks, but in the sense of, uh, like, your health? Like, kind of just, did you guys pack any, like, medicine yeah, or we, whatever? Yeah, we, we packed. Have? I'm, like, a pretty... I, Nick, am, like, a pretty sickly guy, so I'm, like, all winter I'm sick, pretty much. And I'm more of an allergies guy. Yeah, Jackson has, like, pretty bad Jackson has permanent allergies, so, but I'm, like, I have, like, a cold all the time, pretty much. So, I like, just, our mom packed us. Yeah. Our, Both my mom and your... Our dad, moms. Yeah. <laughs> they, they packed us, uh... Care packages with, like... Yeah, so, like, allergy, Benadryl, like... I've been rocking the emergency packets every morning. Hell yeah, dude. I It's so strange that you bring that up because I had like, I guess like a daydream or whatever, but just I was envisioning you guys coming over here and not, you guys not having like a pack 
of yeah. the emergency and I was like like the mom in yeah, yeah, yeah. was was coming out. I was like, Oh dude, no, look, I have all these packs, please take all of them. Yeah, and we <laughs> have you like, guys are stuffed legit up. first aid kit my mom made with like band aids and, and then we have we so we're all set for And that. then we have our like, like health insurance, health insurance cards cool. and then we have roadside assistance. We have extra yes. money in case we get sick and have to like, we have, like emergency hospital. stuff. Um, so and then we have That's all, what we're saying. The yeah. worst case scenario is we just lose some money. That's right. like Worst case scenario is you lose money and then have to do a few horrible drives to catch up to wherever you're mm-hmm. missing on tour. But, but no, but I think we've like prepared for all the worst stuff that could happen. That's good. Like when, like got the car we know how to change tires, all that stuff. Brought That's a tent. Yeah. yeah. We we tried to go into this like prepared for anything. Yeah, we've been prepping for a while too. It's so sick, and you guys are like so fucking young. So you have like all these other like the road, no pun intended is like just completely open to doing more tours yeah that, that's our we're taking a year off before college i actually got my gap year approved like two hours ago i got the email um approved like by school yeah you have to get so you have to we, send like a request yeah you send oh, you have wow. to send school. you send a letter with your full your plans plan for the detailed. year wow and they can reject it if they don't think it's worth it that's crazy so i had to like i'm going to georgetown and jackson I'm going to connecticut college cool. so um I had to sit down with my advisor, and before I could even request my gap year, I had to sit down and have like a two-hour-long conversation with my advisor about why I was like interested yeah. in it. And after that, I had to write my letter, and then I've been waiting for a month to hear back. And then I just emailed her, and I was like, "Hey, is this okay?" Because like I need to make plans for next year now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah, it's fine." Wow, dude. Yeah. So, did you guys do the same thing? Yeah, I had mine approved a couple of weeks ago, so it's exciting. So yeah, so I've, just, I've been like just sitting like worried in the car for like since Aww. since tour started, just like kind of freaking out because right. like we have like a house we're like signing the lease for in Philadelphia, and we've we have one tour that one for tour this September definitely, definitely like lined up half and booked. Perspective cool. other ones, and then yeah, a few perspective tours, um, like and then we're like. Like plotting out now another full US for the November. Oh wow, this year, dude. Yeah, we're Holy we're crap. we're trying to do four this year. So we're trying to do one November, and then we're trying four to do full one. ones. Four, yeah, right. four full and full US is a lot of other ones. ones. Um, and then with our other band, we're gonna try and do some touring with them. Yeah, our other band, Big Moth from DC. Those guys are you younger, so they're in oh, high school crazy. still. Yeah, they um, don't even have their license. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have their driver's licenses. We're doing the, our last leg of this tour with them. Oh, awesome. Um, right when they get their licenses. Yeah, they get their licenses, and then we're immediately going on. They're doing the last, like, five days, and then we're doing a full U.S. with Big Moth next summer. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that. We're we're just happy everything's panning out, because now it's starting to look like everything's lining up right. Like, right with our our new album's coming out in September. And so, oh, cool. Yeah, it looks like that's going to be, like, perfect timing. Yeah. Awesome. I was totally actually... I... I was listening to the podcast that um, Corey and James yeah. Yeah. did. Uh, I guess just to like look over and like mm-hmm. avoid questions that they've already answered or something like that, or maybe yeah. just pick questions that I want to hear from your perspective. Um, but fuck, I lost my train of thought. But fuck, whatever. Uh, yeah, so I heard that, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was. They did that that's... right after we recorded the LP. 
Which, yeah. Should we talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, before... Well, I guess I could just put that in... No, 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 let's do that first. Because I guess we did talk... Well, they talked about the whole LP in our right. podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm suddenly asking you. Okay, so. okay. But, um, yeah, no, let's go in order. No, uh, well, one of the things I just wanted to know, um, still talking about touring, yeah. how van life is. <laughs> so how do, you, how do y'all handle boredom? Or handle boredom and handle, like, moments where you guys are just, like, at each other's ends, being annoying... I'm sure Twitter helps. Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Twitter or the other person can take a nap. Nice. It's just two it's of just us. It's the two of us in the front seats. It's comfortable. Yeah, we have like a lot of space, but it's so. basically like the, the vibe on tour is I'm kind of just like what, like whatever. Right. And Jackson's whatever plus really anal about how the car is organized. <laughs> so that's that's like that's like what is what it's like. So it's every night after the show, there's a perfect order of every like. Thing that goes in the van, like where everything Dude, is, including like other than the music gear. Like, oh no, our like bags, our bags, like the middle back seats, stuff. and we have like a little trash can. I totally relate to that. Yeah, so we try and keep like our living. We, I really like that because I probably nice wouldn't have the willpower to do it. But we do that, and then like and then when as we, far as killing the time, we do podcasts, we listen to records. We listen. And we through. listen to like the records we like. Cool, cool. We, just to the, we listened to the White Album today. It's the first time I listened to the White Album since I was in like eighth really? grade. Yeah. yeah, we were getting so into it. We used to listen to a lot of stand up. We usually get nice. we'll download Spotify and just yeah. For, we'll but we'll buy Spotify for when we go on tour right, and right. cancel it. We'll oh, go back. That's a good idea. Because we don't really use it. That's what I was gonna suggest. Um, yeah, I remember when Spencer and I used to do like little Florida runs, especially with just being me and him. The thing about us, we're just we have a weird dynamic where. We don't, like, just talk to each other unless there's something to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, we don't, like... We don't really have other friends. No, yeah, <laughs> we, we don't have other friends. We've kind it's of, like, kind of been the two of us since, like, eighth grade. Nice. No, it's... But it's kind of, like, incessant. Oh, like me and Spencer. Yeah. It's, like, incessant, obnoxious joking around, I would say. Like, that's that's the that's just the vibe a lot of stupid jokes. Right. Like, permanent stupid jokes. Like, there's no end at all. Yeah. Like, to the point where, like, one of the jokes is, like... You're driving on like an empty highway, and Jackson will pretend he got shot and just like slam his <laughs> or like that's pretend you're falling asleep, or just pretend you're falling like, asleep. And maybe like give a little, car a little bit. That's a joke. Just because right. we get that bored. But yeah, nah, it passes your time. Put on like one of our like old songs. Play some real area like fourteen. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> we'll do shuffle all time. songs like on the iPod. Yeah, that that's like old. ultimate boredom. You just go to like my iPod classic and just shuffle all songs. Right, right. So. Oh, very jealous he had an iPod classic. I was yeah. talking about in the last episode how since I lost that, I have to put everything on my phone. Oh my God. And my phone doesn't have that much memory. That's why I'm like sticking yeah. to just listening to podcasts while. Yeah, my phone is just full of photos. I don't have any space for anything yeah. else. So it sucks, but keep it. Yeah, oh yeah, it. definitely. Be careful. I try not to use it too much. I only use it when I like really have to. I'm trying, Dude, I'm trying to keep it alive. And randomly just, it dies on me. And it's it still works. The crazy part is just the click wheel that doesn't. Oh. So it's like right there, like eleven thousand <laughs> oh, songs no. in front of me, and so I can't press play. But that's a different story. Um, all right. Well, let's. In order to transition to the new record, yeah. I figured that um, we talk about you guys individually and of the band. Yeah. Um, because not only is this a way that it would be a, a great way of introducing y'all to anyone that might be listening to this. If you are, thank you. Um, but it's also a way for me to get to know y'all better. Since, yes. you know, all our interaction was was just, 
hey, what's up? Let's play. Y'all are sick. Let's go get food. All right, peace for a whole year. Yeah. yeah. And it was just little likes on it's Facebook crazy. were the only interactions <laughs> that we had. Um, so there are four main things that I kind of want to know about y'all. Yeah. Uh, individually, how y'all discovered music or your preference for music. Yeah. Um, how you picked up an instrument, maybe like the instrument you're playing now or mm -hmm. a different one. How y'all met and I guess similarly, how y'all jammed for the first time and then how you developed the sound that you have today. Uh, these are some good questions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we, really we've been interviewed a few times and we usually don't get that good questions. Cool. Um, so you start with the yeah. So first one, how you discovered music? How we discovered music? Um, my dad is a musician, um, not like a like a low key musician. So he like plays the guitar and plays the piano and stuff. And my mom always sang. I actually remember really vividly how it started. I remember. So when American Idiot came out, I was eight. Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I remember it came out when I was eight, and then my mom would always have it on because my mom liked Green Day. Uh -huh. And I remember I would sing along to it a lot. And then there was, uh, and I live right, we live in DC, so I live right next to the National Cathedral. And they have like a boys' choir. My mom was like, oh, your voice is actually like pretty oh, wow. decent. And so she was like, do you want to try to do this? And I was like, yeah. So I auditioned for the choir and I got in, and that was like that was like automatically that was the next five years of my life so then it was like it was like a full-time job pretty much so wow it's it was like at least two services a week and i'm not religious at all I, I just really like that kind of music that's cool so that taught me how to read music and like classical training and stuff and exposed me to like the weird di totally different side of the music industry and just got me to like see how to take music seriously but that was like like, I was, I, I I guess you can put a link in there, but I was on NPR when I was, like, 12. What? Yeah, for singing. It was, like, a it was like a big thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, it was, like, one of, like, four of, like, the, like, premier world boy choirs. Wow, man. That's yeah. really awesome. That's, that's how I did. That's how I got into it. And then I, like, from there, I started playing piano and stuff. And, yeah, so then that's how you, like, started yeah. playing. Should I, should I do all of them, or should we alternate? I figured we'd do, like, the first two each. Okay. And then... Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so then, how do you pick up guitar? Um, I just thought it was cool. I always wanted to be like the cool guy who right. played the guitar. Um, <laughs> I remember I was in seventh grade, and my dad had an acoustic guitar, and I just couldn't figure it out. Like, I wasn't that good at it, and I just I, I remember I had a Beatles book with all the chord charts. Cool. So my dad refused to teach me how to play the guitar, but he taught me how to read chord charts because I knew at this point I'm like really proficient at reading music, sheet music. I, I'm, I can play the piano, and I just really wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And my parents, like, kind of didn't want me to learn because they wanted me to keep doing the piano, and I knew I'd like guitar a lot more. Um, so my dad taught me to read chord charts, and so I figured out how to play chords, but then I never got how they related to each other. Mm. I remember being, like, 13 and sitting down with my mom and having this, like, talk where I was like, I want to be able to, like, write a song, and I don't know how. Aww. Like, I don't know what chord goes after another chord. <laughs> um, and then... My dad bought me a guitar when I was like 14, like an electric guitar. I started doing School of Rock. Nice. In Silver what, Spring. What kind of guitar was it? Um, it's it? an Ibanez Geo. Cool. So, like $300 started a guitar, came with a practice amp and a strap. You still have it? Yeah. Nice. Um, and I, it's been defaced by our first band's logo. <laughs> um, but Can't wait to go in there. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, but so then I started doing School of Rock. I had a guitar teacher named Doug, and he he kind of showed me how to like learn how to write songs and stuff. Like he he was really into theory. Mm -hmm. He's like getting his PhD in theory now. But um, he was just like, you need to like cover a bunch of songs and figure out what they're doing, and then just copy that. And then you figure out like what chords go together. And then that's when I started learning about scale degrees and stuff, like more informal part of music yeah. theory. It's like, oh, like the one goes to the four a lot. Like that's a classic exactly, thing. Yeah, it's opening the floodgates. Really. Yeah. And then um, did School of Rock. Like it's like basically like a cover, like permanent cover band. And that, that we, but we did that together, Jackson. Right? Oh, cool. And that taught us like how to be in a band with somebody else. Where you're both taking it seriously and you know how not to like make fools of yourselves. Mm -hmm. We talk about that all the time. That's the thing that prepared us. Like that taught you like how to be professional, like in a venue, like how to load gear in and out, like all the stuff that you know someone like isn't like in it in music. Like when you're playing a show with someone and like they don't wrap their cables right or something like that, and right. you're just like, like it's the easy stuff. Like, yeah, that that that's that's me with music. How about you, Jackson? Let's start off. Uh, there's a lot of crossover, actually. My dad was, like, a classical pianist, like, trained. Oh, and a violinist. A, yeah, and a violinist before oh, he nice. broke his neck when he oh, was 16. Yeah. And then he couldn't play the violin anymore. Holy crap. So yeah. he's really good at the piano. And so I would, like, those were some of my, like, earliest memories, just being, like, on my living room floor with, like, my dad playing piano and stuff. And my mom was always kind of, like, a singer, too. She just liked to sing. And then, so I started piano lessons when I was really young, like group lessons when I was like five. So that's where I got most, that's where like all my musical like theory comes from. Because nice. I did from like five until like 13, I did just classical piano, weekly lessons and recitals uh, before I ever got into like other music. I didn't really listen to like my own music. It was really the movie School of Rock actually. Yeah. You. Now that I think about it, yeah. yeah. That and then like I was like I want to play like the guitar so for my thirteenth birthday that was like, a, that was like two weeks for you <laughs> yeah for my thirteenth before we met I started like listening to like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and like the Rolling Stones and I bought like shirts from Hot Topic <laughs> and to so Hot then Topic. I got a like a, a Squire no the big starter. switch was the shoes. Yeah, yeah from wearing running from shoes, running from shoes to, to Converse. <laughs> yeah, to Converse when you were when that was and like, like I started wearing jeans dancing. and like band shirts, and then I got a Squire practice guitar. Mm -hmm. There's a picture on his mantelpiece of him the like moment he got his Squire and, and he's I'm holding like, it, and you, but you can see with like his finger shape he's trying to play Sweet Child of Mine, <laughs> and I think that's like the yeah. funniest thing in the world. So it was like a black and white Squire with like a practice amp, pretty classic, and right. then I got lessons at first. I got lessons with like a teacher that came to the house, but we didn't stick with that. So that's when I joined School of Rock. I joined way beforehand. Yeah, he joined. I joined when I was fourteen or thirteen. What's that? Uh, what age? I was fifteen. I, I joined first just for singing. Okay. And I sang, and I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't. I didn't. I'm eighteen now. I couldn't play the guitar until I was like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. So I started. So I started with piano, and then with my like theory of piano, I could kind of like. I taught myself a little bit of guitar at first for the first like couple months, and mm -hmm. then I started getting lessons. But I didn't really get theory lessons with guitar. It was more just this place we went school brought. They focus more on like the ear and like yeah. learning stuff by ear. That's the best so, part. Of it. That's yeah, like that's how I like trained my impact. ear. So I had like the theory from piano, and then I started to work on my ear, and then that's also where I picked up drums. So when I was like fifteen, I guess they had like a practice room. 
where the drummers would like practice and I would just go in there with like headphones and drum to like Holiday and nice. like American Idiot. Novocaine, right? Yeah, give me Novocaine. Because oh, that was insane. also when I was like 13, my parents bought me the American Idiot CD. That was like one of the first. That's so funny that that's so funny. I know. It's, it's <laughs> like the classic. Yeah. For our so, age, our generation is like. Yeah, learning and like brain stew. Just like. Oh no, brain stew is. The song. That's the classic. It's how he taught me how to play drums. Yeah. It's because you need to be able to figure out how to... to how separate to... your right hand from your right foot. Because yep. it's duh, duh, duh. But it was just the one snare. So, I mean, the one hi-hat and the two and then, two kick. Like I remember that's how he taught me how to do it so that I could play the drums when I was And then 17. that was really... i just go in there like as much as I could. to, And then I bought a drum set from this kid. It's kind of funny. But I bought a drum set from like my neighborhood friend. And then I stopped taking classical piano lessons somewhere in there. What kind of drum set was the one that you bought? It was a Yamaha, Yamaha Riding. Nice. It was like... It was pretty like, old. We, that we took that on our first That floor. was, yeah. yeah. I just got new drums for the first time like five or six months ago. Wait, so the Yamaha, is that the one that you used when the, you first met? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I just... That was like a week after. That was the first show we played with the new drums. Yeah. Oh, wow. What um, kind of drum set is the one you have now? It's a Tama Silver Star. No way, dude. My yeah. first drum set was a Tama, too. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It was a Yamaha Riding that was the first one, like, shiny red. He was so embarrassed by it. It was so funny when we played, when we played shows. It was just such a classic first, first drum set. Like, oh, like really? bright, shiny red. <laughs> yeah. It had a 14-inch floor tom, which is weird. Nice. Which I, wasn't, I didn't like, but... Um, yeah, so then y'all met at School of Rock then. Um, First, we, no, met, we met at in in middle eighth school. Gra- the very like last week of eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had, I used to go to private school when I was in the choir. I went to private school from fourth to seventh grade. Got bullied out of private school. Aww. No, it was awesome. I, <laughs> best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, out of private school. private school. Yeah, yeah they, they bullied me in private school. And so I was just like, fuck this. Like, I'm not getting bullied. Yeah. And so. I left, went to public school for eighth grade. It was cool. My parents actually moved so I could go to this public school. So they moved out of D.C. into, my dad did, out of D.C. into Maryland so that I could go to this school. Because it's like, we, Montgomery County is where we went to school, which is like, it's It's always been in like the top 10 like public school counties in in the country. So it was actually better than my private school that I've been going to. But I go there, I was in TV... Theater and TV production, production class, production. video production class, and Crazy. theater. So we had that class together, but we didn't talk. We were both kind of tools in eighth grade. So <laughs> I like really I like tooled onto a friend group, and he tooled onto a friend group, but we didn't really have friends. And then I moved houses in Maryland into my neighborhood, into Jackson's neighborhood, nice. like two blocks from. So we started so, taking the same bus at like the very. I remember it was. It was in, like, I remember so vividly. It was like. It was March when I moved, and I remember in, like, May, I was like, hey, is anybody in this class ride, like, bus 11, 12 or something? And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, fuck, I have to hang out with that kid. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, we got on the bus together, and we, you know that YouTuber, John LeJoie? He's like, show Guns don't kill what? people. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. we both really liked him, so we were, like, swapping YouTube videos on the bus. <laughs> And then you showed me... We're 8th graders, by the way. So we should be sitting in the back of the bus. We're sitting in, like, the middle front. With, like, 6th like, and 7th graders. We, we, we were, were like, cool lame. It's so strange how, like, yeah. kids yeah. separated themselves from yeah. the bus. We do that, and then I found... I heard AWOL Nation on the radio. That was when Sale was really big. 
we were in eighth grade when Sale was really big. So mm-hmm. I heard Sale and I texted him and I was like, dude, check out this band A Wall Nation. It's like a sick mix of dubstep and rock. <laughs> we were listening to Skrillex and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we were dubstep. Nice. <laughs> that was like it. That was... Now, this is when we were 14. So up until we're like 16, we only listened to like classic rock and dubstep. <laughs> um, so then we like just became friends and we went to School of Rock together. I started going because he went and I was like, I want to be in a band. That's cool. And oh, that's uh, really cool. we started this five-piece classic rock band. Hell Wasn't, yeah, brother. Not classic rock. It was just like, straight up rock and we, Yeah, we, we did like a Blink-182 cover. We did a Say classic Anything rock. cover. Classic. Yeah, that was, that was actually our introduction into emo. Really? Was Say, say Anything. anything. Yeah. I'm wearing that shirt right now. This is, oh, my, this is my first show ever. Hell yeah. Saw Say Anything. Dude, that's how like late we got into this scene. Twenty. This the Anarchy My Dear tour was my first show. I didn't. What year was that? Twenty twelve. That was Christ, dude. That's the first time we. <laughs> that was the we first time we went to like a real show. I'd never been to a show like, before. I went. We went to Dead Mouse a month before. I saw. <laughs> I saw Green Day with my dad at Jiffy Lube Live, which is this huge arena, and Coldplay. <gasps> in eighth grade. Oh my god, dude! Holy Both crap. of those in eighth grade with my dad. I love you so much right now, and I'm super and jealous. And then I went to like say anything. Same thing with our first show, and then we saw the side. Oh, can we? Can I transition into how this made our sound? Yeah, sure. This is this is exactly what it was. We were in this classic rock band, Simon and the Beast. There's still a band camp out there, and we ended up right. We were writing most. Of the we, songs. Yeah, we were, we were writing the like songs. We're parts. neighbors, so we were like we'd hang out and we'd write guitar parts and like piano and drums and stuff. And, uh, then we just, like, nothing happened with that band. Like, we played a bunch of, like, talent shows and stuff, and we were just like, uh, like, if we're writing the songs, well, we never had the thought, and then we, we watched did. the White Stripes documentary, <laughs> yeah. Under the Great White Northern Lights, and we were like, oh, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. Let's <laughs> we were really that. into, like, the Black Keys. Cool. Like, old Black Keys and, like, White so Stripes. So I took his Fender practice amp and my Ibanez practice amp got an XLR to quarter-inch adapter so I could sing the vocals through it. And then a broom, broom stick oh, damn, taped dude. to a guitar stand. We wrote, so we sat down our first day, wrote, wrote like two, five, really... no, dude, we wrote five. That's they how bad, like, that's how like hungry we were to like start being in a band. And they were like blues, punk, like. We were like a White Stripes ripoff. Yeah, Black right. Keys, White Stripes ripoff. So our first show, we September 2012, we played Five originals and like a white covered stripe. "Little Room" by the White Stripes and "Your Touch" by the Black Keys. Wow! At a, that was this our first show with like at a burger. Was it as the obsessives? As the obsessives. Yeah, the obsessives in twenty twelve. Like a little tiny bar. Oh, dude, it was twenty eleven. I think. Are you sure it was twenty twelve? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was twenty twelve. So we were. I was fifteen, and you were six. You were old. no. You I were was probably about six. You were best friend sixteen, yeah. and then we go in October see say anything at this new venue in silver spring called the fillmore and um this band the sidekicks, sidekicks we had no, we didn't know who they were uh the one that just released the yeah this year yeah Dude, that's so tight i just got into that band this they're, year they're they're on yeah they're that's on, like our favorite our, record yeah. of like this year yeah one. yeah runners in the nerfed world um but so we saw them we didn't even know any of those bands it's just because we knew say anything we only use anything because the guitarist of our classic rock band wanted us to cover that song, Admit It. 
Nice. And so that was one of the first like songs we learned. That wasn't like classic rock. Yeah. And so we didn't really get into the genre then, but we were like, yeah, let's go see them. Like I know, admit it in the live of the glory of love. Like let's go party at that show. <laughs> so we show up and to the show. The sidekicks side open. So good. Blew like... us away. I remember they they played one song, nineteen forties fighter jet. Um, and it's an open it's D, an open D. And we're standing there, and we had been we had written a song in open D, but it was like a blues song, so they're like slide guitar and like trying <laughs> no, to. No, that right. was we didn't know about. I know. Well, that's what we found out about open D. Yeah. So Jackson's sitting there, and he has a really good ear, so he's like, "That's open D, like that's a D major." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So we go home, and we try it, and we're still blues bands. So we're like trying to do that, and then we Facebook message the sidekicks, and we're like, uh-huh. for, "We're like, can we cover 1940s fighter jet at one of our shows?" And we're like, "Yeah, definitely." So we cover it, and then like learning how to play that song, we learned all the shapes, shapes for like for open D. tunings. And, and we then, wrote the Blackberry Tent was like that first yeah, and then we wrote, riff. And then, but then we kept playing shows as a blues band for like a year. Yeah, so while we were trying to like figure out all through twenty thirteen, which is what tenth grade for us. Yeah, were no tenth. We're like still like playing shows, like half being like an indie rock band, half being like a blues band, and then. We were sitting down with our, my, our guitar teacher, Doug, who kind of, like, became our, like, weird, Mini like, mentor. older brother, like, mentor figure. And we were like, what sound should we do? And he's like, dude, blues is dated. Like, be a cool indie band. He was like, cover a song. He said, cover a song. And the however way, you naturally yeah. cover it. He's like, that's, that's your wow. sound. That's your sound. And so we were sitting there, and it was a song, Lay Low, by this band, Shovels and Rope. And we, like, were, like, open-tuning, like, ripping this song out. <laughs> and we were so, like, stoked on it. And we're like, okay. And we sat down, and then, like... And we were, like, three songs And, like, in May, that. and we were like, let's be this band. Let's be, like, this kind of band. Let's be, like, an indie band. We didn't know what emo was. So we're like, let's be, like, an indie rock band who plays in open tunings. And then we wrote Bad Friends. And then we got really serious about it at the beginning of 11th grade, and we practiced every single day for, like, upwards of three hours so from the beginning of August of 2013 until the end of November of 2013. Yeah. Like, every single day after school. We got out of school at 2.10 and we practiced till like, 6. Yeah. Great. Uh, two questions just to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, origin of the name. How'd you guys come up with it? Oh, it's sick. We're just on Facebook message Facebook together. message. We could probably find the messages just back and forth, like, what? Like, what just band like, names? Like, and then, so we decided first on a the. We were like, let's make it a the because this was when we were blues. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, oh, those are funny. cool, like, <laughs> like, like cool like blues, cool. like indie punk. It's like a the something. Yeah. And, and then, then we were just like, we just tossed the names around, and I was like, the obsessives, and he was like, fine. <laughs> and then we did it, and then yes, then we made this transition into being like a new kind of band. We were like, we just kind of kept the name. But I remember there was a we while where almost we almost changed, changed it. We almost changed the band name to Manners. Oh, no the way. Name, yeah. We almost changed it to Manners, which was the name of our last EP. Mm-hmm. So right when Manners was coming out, I was like, let's... I was like into it. I was like, well, let's change our name to Manners. That'll be our self-titled EP. Jackson was like, no. And I was dating this girl at the time. And she was like, no, the obsessives is tight. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's why we're still called this. It's funny how that works out. But like, it, it like... Across our mind to change the name. Like every few months, we're like, "Do you want to change it?" And then mm-hmm. we're just like, "No, we too much." No, now at this point, yeah, too far in. Yeah, we'll yeah. stick with it. Uh, and then, how'd y'all record those first two EPs? Um, so before this, when we were blues band, we had a full length recorded that we self recorded in Jackson's oh, basement. But we did it. I don't know. I still think it's about the so process to this day. We did. So it had like twelve songs, and we'd it'd be the thing where we'd write a song and we 
we went out and bought all this home recording equipment. We saved up. We saved we up. Bought like an interface, bucks some condensers, wow. and then we got like drum mics for Christmas one year. And so we were like, we were so stoked on it, and we would finish writing a song, record it the next day, release and then it. release it. That <laughs> so we were like, we were like, oh, if we release a whole album at once, like people aren't going to listen to every song. <laughs> we thought we'd beat the system. We we're like, if we release ten songs. They'll only listen to probably the first two or three unless they really like it. So let's just wow. release one at a time. And we're like, yeah, like that's so much better. We thought we'd really be so for the, for like six months. We just do one song at a time like on the same album. Message every kid on our Facebook. So it had like a cover on the Bandcamp, and we just upload a new track every every wow. every like few weeks. That's pretty cool, actually. It was it was weird. And every time we'd upload a new track, we'd, we'd message like all, all our friends from on our Facebook, school. just like check out our new song. <laughs> and it's funny because now that we're like a, we erase that we, off the yeah. Game. <laughs> oh no! As soon as we, as they soon were as, way too quiet. Yeah, it was weird. We it was like one they weren't mixed or mastered. It was just, just literally raw. one like vocal mic over the drums, and then like a guitar in GarageBand, and then like vocals. Wow. I'll send them to you if you want. If we Hell yeah, dude. They're, they're like, <laughs> they're, they're terrible. We listen to them as a joke. Um, but then we had a friend, Isaiah Marshall, who was like, well, I'll record you guys, actually. And we went and recorded Bad Friends in a studio in D.C. Like, we saved up and paid for that. Wow. In Virginia. In Virginia. But we were stupid about that. All the, all the, really all the audio problems with that EP were straight up us. Yeah. Because we also had this weird obsession with listening to the masters we got back through iPod headphones, because we're like, oh, that, we're like yeah. so we were like, that's how people are going to be hearing it. We need to mix it again. So it thinking good we beat the these. system, <laughs> thinking we beat the system, like, and so wins. the sound quality is really wonky, but they sound good through Apple headphones. Yeah, like they sound they sound terrible through a nice system, but through Apple headphones they sound good. Tight, tight. So that's and then we did this exact same thing. Exact same thing, but at his house studio. But we wrote manners. We manners we was manners like half like, written. We wrote, no, dude, we wrote Manners in like four weeks. Yeah. We, that's our lap. That's the EP that, this blows our mind, but that's the EP that we've done everything as a band so far on. And we wrote it as. That's why we're, yeah. We, we were talking to James Bett, one of the guys who owns our record label. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a copycat album. Like it was us trying to be something we weren't yet. And then we, we wrote it in, we wrote five songs in four weeks, recorded it in a sitting. With this kid Isaiah at his house now, I feel like the quality of that. Yeah. I, I think the quality is good, but it's the songs cool. aren't good. The songs are the songs are just like, not thought through. And it's obvious we wrote it in five weeks to us at least. But yeah, it's, definitely it's, to you guys because it seems so like rounded out. It, 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 it's so weird to us because now like we have this vision of ourselves as being our full length. For about us, to come out. it's based on like the songs we're playing now, which are like on our full length. But right. for everyone else, like we book this full US off manners. That's like the EP I send people and I'm like, hey, can you help us out with the mm-hmm. show? And that blows my mind because I think that that's like, I think it's terrible. Yeah. I think it's really bad. I like it. And, uh... I feel like that's just something that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a then, classic band thing. Because that's how I am now with mm-hmm. the, the full length. Some Legacy? Yeah. I, I love that album. Those songs are tight. We listen to that like a lot. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, because especially, well, I don't want to talk bad about the recordings, but knowing the sound that I wanted from the record wasn't the sound yeah. that uh, Yeah, did. that's the same kind of thing. And that's really... mostly just a communication that was us with the end of the dude that was recorded. That was us with our first EP, and then the second one we tried, we were like, okay, let's let's get the sound like yeah. this. 
It, it sounded like what we wanted it to sound like, but then we looked back on it and we were like, we probably shouldn't have asked for it to sound, sound like, like that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we just got the masters back for our full length, and I've we were like, it was such a weight off our shoulders because we were working with a guy we'd never met before. Yeah, he, uh, Matt Riefler was a guy who recorded, he engineered, recorded, mixed, and mastered the whole album. And you found that out through James recording. Corey. Corey, Corey went to high school with him. Cool. So when Corey was in a freshman, Matt was a senior in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then they just kind of stayed in touch because they're both in the music scene. But Matt does rap more. Oh, that's but fucking he, tight. Yeah. yeah, it's sick. But he's like an unbelievable person. No, he's, we, he's like, like shout out to Matt because he's fucking insane. He's like one of the most talented We like went into this and we had no, we were, we had no idea how we like wanted it to sound really. Because we, we were knew, stuck between like. We knew we, we didn't want it to be like overproduced, but we didn't want it to be too like minimal. Same. And so we we're like, "What do we do?" And so we told them like, "We just want it to be like big and like, yeah." We were like, "What I've, raw, what I've realized is new LPs, like, it's just heavy pop. It's like really heavy nice. pop." Did you suggest like a band to him? Like, "Oh, well, we want to sound like this record." A few, but not really. Because we couldn't really find one that we wanted it to sound. So like. he just. But what we did is we. He heard the demos. We demoed so we, all the songs before. We, we gave ourselves eight months to write this record, mm-hmm. and then like a month to demo all the songs and, and like mix and them as them much as we could, and we send them to him. So we, we showed like, up, and he had a notebook filled with like notes wow. on each. So song. we had tried to take it seriously. So we went in with everything completely finished, but this is because we only had thirty six hours. Had two in the studio. days. Yeah. In so we had 36 hours in the studio so we go into like our beats per minute mapped out and stuff for all the songs like and which honestly is super impressive we had to do we did it in, we, we did it in the car time, so oh, yeah. i've never done a click track before too so oh we, yeah we neither of us had we ever had played with that click. yeah so but we get there and matt we were like matt like we wanted to sit down and be like we what like, are we gonna make this record out. sound like and he was like i know and we were like like we we at when we walked into the studio it was in matt's hands we were just like matt like this whole record for us was, has like, been a huge family thing with Near Mint, which is funny because they, they just came to started the studio the record label. Too. Yeah. So um, it was just the four of us in the studio just brainstorming. But we weren't going to write a full length until they hit us up yeah. after they, they re-released Manners and then a month after the re-release got released. Well, let, let's go there. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you feel when they first hit you up? Because from when listening to that podcast that they did, yeah, they just like kind of checked the DC tab and, yeah. and on Bandcamp. And just like found you guys, and I think they said like it was almost instantly that they were both like, "Hell yeah, this it, is gonna be." Our it first definitely release. like revived our like interest spirit, and like we were kind, we were really we were probably gonna put out like another like four song EP, yeah, just like, and, and camp by yeah. ourselves. We, 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 we talked, we like, talked about it because we were like, our parents are really into college, like they're intellectuals, and right. so they're like they really want us to do that, and we love it, like we love school. Yeah. But um, but they don't know anything about like the senior no. music range. So yeah. it was. I remember we were in Bethany Beach, Delaware. Like coincidentally, our families were there at the same time. Oh well. I remember I was sitting in my family friend's beach house, and I pull up my phone. I didn't have an iPhone. I had an iPod Touch, and I had the Wi-Fi. So I pull it up and I look, and it's an email to the obsessive email from Near Mint, and I was like, "What is this?" And I read it, and they're like, "Hey, we're like a new label. We're interested in putting out manners." And I just couldn't like, like smile like, off my Aww. face. Yeah. I was just like. I was like, and my friends were like, what? And I was like, a label wants to put out our EP. And they were like, oh my God. And I was like, I know. And so I called Jackson. I was like, check the email. And I hung up. And he texted me. And he was like, dude. And so <laughs> then then we started taking ourselves a little like, more seriously. Okay, like, if there's someone that cares. Like, we, we didn't care think well. anybody, like, even vaguely knew our songs. And, like, honestly, just the reception hadn't been good. 
we now realize is just PR. That's the only yep. thing yeah. with bands is just how much PR you have. Because Pete, there is somebody who likes it somewhere. And if you're like, if you it's practice a lot, there's probably a lot of people that like it somewhere. So was there any like um, adver- advertising, I guess? Or like, how'd you put manners out on your we own We hired our friend Colin from Henrietta and, oh, and Big Awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. We, we paid him $60 to do PR for manners. So he got us... Cool stream. Single stream on Couch King, full album stream on Absolute Punk, which for us was insane. We were so happy. We were like, oh my god. That's um, exactly how we felt. This it it blew us away. So we were like, oh my god. But then, but still, like we did, like we didn't even run out of free downloads on Bandcamp. Like that's the kind of mm, that for me was like okay. a weird obsession that I had from being in all the emo groups on Facebook. So with all these guys being like about to run out of free downloads for our EP. Yeah, like and here's I, a media fire. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, who's getting their album downloaded 200 times in a month? It's like we put out Manners for free. We were really happy with it. We thought people were going to like it. And like in the first month, we got like 30 downloads of it. And we were just like, okay. And I could see how that Yeah, really we, we, we kept were, track of like our total plays. We were like, dude, we have like... We just got like five thousand plays like forever on our bank. So, do you do that now? Like keep no. up with? I haven't. I haven't even checked it in like a year. Yeah, the same, it's yeah. so funny. So we used to obsessive. Yeah. So we were like, and then so then Newman hits us up. We're still like okay, like maybe they're interested. And we they were actually pretty shocked. Manor sold pretty well. Yeah, we, we, I think they we, they, they, they did a pressing yeah. of seventy five, and it, it sold out. Sold out. It sold out exactly six months after the re release, which is better than we were. We didn't think anybody was going to buy any. Like, we told them when they emailed us. Our first email back, we were like, we're interested, but don't think people are going to buy our music. Aww. We were just like, I don't think we'll sell any. Like, good luck. And then the first day pre-orders went up, we sold out at one of the variants. And we, we flipped. We were, like, amazed. And then Newman had mentioned something about a full length. Like, maybe we'll want to do one with you guys. But we were still so in the mindset. It kept our hope. It kept our hopes up, but we were still kind of like, I don't know. Like, and we I- don't know if we want to commit. At that time, did you write anything for we that? We had record? like two. Or we had we had the one. S- uh, songs. I don't know. Wet shorts, really? Yeah. Uh, a, a song called Wet Shorts was the one song we had, and we were like, "That'll be one of the songs on our EP, on our next EP, our, and mm-hmm. then that like our last EP." You know, let's just go to college because we're probably not going to go to the same college. Um, and then in November, Neumann sent us a long email. Like we really want to sign you guys, and, and we were like, "What pay does that?" For a... We were like, "What does that mean?" And they were like, "We'll pay for your record. We'll pay for it to be. We'll pay for everything." They're like, "Recorded, mixed, mastered, mastered wow. engineered, wow. pressed, PR, distribution." And we were just like, "I remember we had to sit with our parents to talk about this because we weren't eighteen yet, so we we could. I wasn't, so I couldn't sign a contract." Did they make you sign a contract though? They, it? Well, it was the kind of thing where they were like, we're trying to do this right. Yeah. They're, they're and, trying to be really professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're two of the most professional yeah, guys I've met in my life. It's cool. They're going at it really well. This, that's why we just started taking it seriously. And I remember I sat down, we had like lawyers review it. What? Wow. Yeah, dude. We, like our parents are, this, that's when our parents made the jump and they started really supporting so us. Like, okay. They, they saw that this is what we wanted to like do. And so they were like, okay, if you guys are going to sign a contract, we're getting a lawyer to look at it. So like they got our like lawyer friends to read over the contract. They were like, it looks good. Um, and then we put off signing it for a really long time. Like five months. Yeah, which, wow. yeah, which was half us 
But at this point, we were really, I was really tight with James. Mm-hmm. James and I would like, we hung out a few times. Like we would text every day, like Facebook message every day. And before we'd even signed with them, every new idea like that I wrote for the album, I would voice memo on my phone and send to James and be like, what do you think of this? And so he actually has the evolution of every single song. Yeah. So he has like 50 tracks in a folder on his computer that ended up becoming our record. Um, but then in like February, James was like, you guys need to sign it now or we're not doing the record. Wow. Like he's like, I love you guys, mm-hmm. but like we need to commit, like we need to start making a schedule. That's how professional they are. They're yeah. like, they have like, they're like, they they had the schedule, like I know they're like thinking six months ahead all. The yeah, time. I, I figured with the record like, label you have yeah. to, you know. So we signed the contract, and then it wasn't then even it, written. But then, like, we're both like pretty calm people, but we get pretty anxious about stuff we care about. So we started getting really anxious about finishing the record because it just wasn't happening. We had like four songs. We had four or five, and we were four going or five like ideas, that and they had a they had studio time booked. So what's the April the time April fourth? We started writing this seriously in October of twenty fourteen. We're like, oh, we got like eight months. April fourth, twenty fifteen. They were like, April fourth, April fifth. You guys are recording it, which was the first. At first, we were we were fine because we were like, okay, we have like the whole winter. Like, look, we'd write like two songs in a week, and then we wouldn't write anything for like three months. Wow. We just it was weird because. We just really we'd didn't, scrap ideas. We didn't have the drive, and then we'd write a song and we'd demo it just like a voice memo or we something. We had school, and then we'd be like, uh, "Like I don't know, like it's not right. Like let's just we wait until something really comes up." Like, and we only the best. We're taking we were a really writing. demanding schedule of school. We're both full IB at school. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How were you able to balance both of that? It was it was really especially both, high school. We're both working twenty hours a week too. Wow. Yeah, this, so we're working. What were y'all doing? I worked at a bike shop. I worked sales. At like a hot dog. Jackson worked for at a hot dog place. place. But he was like the only. I was like, like the only. He was one of like three employees. So it was like. And I was like. Wasn't flexible. I was like the only. And like. Like I was one of like three salesmen. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was really. We were really busy. So we didn't like rehearse. We, that we much. stopped practicing. We didn't really write. And like. And then in, like, I think I'd say, say like, we were both like fairly depressed. In like January was when we started to be like, okay. In January we got scared because we were leaving for our we had eight day tour and, and we, we had like, to write like seven songs. And like we're like we have weeks. like I remember I kept updating the notes on my phone with like this part like I need to finish this part I need to finish this part and it just wasn't happening. And then and we wrote the last like three we signed songs. the contract by then we had like five songs done. And then we wrote the last three in the last like we wrote then we wrote two over weeks. the next two months and we wrote the last three songs to the record in the last three weeks and like we finished like we, just we finished barely. demoing our album we fin the very last song we wrote we finished a week before we left to go into the studio and we were that was like the biggest weight off our shoulders yeah it was it was terrifying. Because at that point, it was way bigger. It wasn't just, like, letting ourselves down, not being able to write a full length. Like, we just couldn't do it as, like, people who, like, wrote music. It was letting James and Corey down because now they, like, invested their money. Yeah. But then we, we thought we were going to be in the studio for a week and a half. And it was two days. And, yeah, then, two and days. then they, like, messaged us. They're like, we don't have the money to keep you guys in the studio for a week wow. and a half. Right. They yeah. were like, you have, like, two 24-hour blocks. And we were like, fuck. 
And y'all, like, were able to sleep in the studio, right? We slept in the studio. We showed up at 10 in the morning, set everything up. Everything was set up by 2. That's how thorough this guy Matt is. Wow. He so spent like, four hours setting up drums. Just drum mics. Just drum mics. Crazy. Measuring, like, the angles between mics, like, distance from the snare, all that stuff. Um, we never played to a click track before either. We, like, didn't prepare enough. Mm-hmm. But we go in, Jack, we call Jackson the one-take snake. <laughs> um, he, like, he, like, one-taked everything. We can tell now, listening back, what the order the songs were recorded in. They were recorded in the order they are on the album, but you can tell when he got used to playing to a click track yeah. and when he didn't. Same with me and guitar. Mm-hmm. But we did, whole first day was just, first four hours in the studio was drums. So like two to six was drums. And then... Um, we did... We did guitar. Bass. bass. And I don't... I don't, I'm not like a bass player, but we borrowed our friend's bass and I did bass. Um, that took like four hours and then we started doing and the main. whole second day was like vocals. Yeah, we, and then we finished guitars by, no we didn't, we finished clean guitars because we did all clean guitars for the record, then all distorted guitars for the record, then all acoustic guitars for the record. And then we finished, we finished clean guitars that night by two in the morning and wow. fellas just passed out in the studio. And uh, woke up at 10 the next morning, did distorted guitars, acoustic guitars, and then I had to do like a solid 16 hours of vocals. Jesus Christ. And, and it was it was the kind of thing where like my voice was gone and I, they were like, we, they were like, if you need to, I guess you guys can drive back up. But we're 10 hours away from home, mm-hmm. like in a studio on someone else's dime. And I was just like, I'm finishing this. So it's kind of just like drink two gallons of like warm tea and just do it. Yeah. Um, and then two in the morning that morning, that was Easter Sunday that day. And I remember because I like, I was so busy, well, we forgot to eat. So I had two like large curly fried Smarties and then texted my mom. And she's like, what do you have for Easter? No. And I was like, curly fries. And she was <laughs> like, that's awesome. And then I remember that night, it was two in the morning. We just finished vocals. Matt burns us CDs and we sit there and for the first time and listen to the roughs of our record and it was like one of the happiest moments of our lives it was just like we we didn't think we'd be able to write a full length we just didn't think it was insane to hear and it already sounded like it already already sounded sounded better than anything we'd ever like recorded like Mm -hmm. the quality and so we were like oh my god and this is the roughs so then we had the CDs like CDs that say like obsessives like masters and we were just like whoa like it's done. Like a week ago, it hadn't even been finished being written, and now it's like recorded. So then the next day, we drive really back down to DC. Listening to the whole thing? Yeah, listened to the whole thing a few times, and we were just like, I can't believe we did it. And then there were like sloppy parts too on the record, and we were like, fuck. There are a few parts where it's like not good enough. And then um, Matt took the next month. Mastering. He's a really busy guy. He's a full time producer, so he's usually working on four or five albums at right, a time. I can imagine. And he he does he finishes each album in a month, which is more than any producer I've met in my life. So he's working on five things at a time. He's always in the studio, mm-hmm. like twenty hours a day. He's in the studio. And so then we got. Um, he sent th- three twenty second clips of songs like a month ago. And we were sitting in Jackson's living room listening to it, and we were like, oh my god. <laughs> like, this is what it sounds like. We'd send him notes, like, everything we wanted right, him yeah. to right, right. 
uh, master and stuff, and then he sent, we got masters back like three weeks ago. That's tough. And that it was. He made them sound so good. He made them. It's crazy. He, it, he, like, this is like the team thing of this album, but like, Corey Purvis is doing all the art and the layout for the whole album. Cool, I was wondering who was going to do um, for that. We're, we're, there's some special stuff coming out with Apple, like some 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 perks that yeah. I, we aren't allowed to talk about yet, but we're excited about. Yeah, um, I, I I think they said it on that podcast yeah. too that they had like just different bundles of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got like formats. extra stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of extra stuff. We we like we ca- we all care about this record a lot because this is Nearman's first their first release. Big, it's their first not and it's our first. Right, right. It's our release. first. It's our debut, and uh, so like Corey's doing all the art. Matt did all the sound for the record. We wrote it. James had like, I think we're gonna list James as a James producer. Is a PR whiz too. Yeah, he's a PR whiz. Like he made himself famous by pretending to be famous. <laughs> he's like relevant now. <laughs> like people know him more than they know us. And like they ask every time we play a show, someone's like, "You know James Cassar?" I'm like, "Yeah." He, <laughs> he manages us now. Oh, that's cool. Um, but like James, like I would give him. Uh, producer's credit on that album just because we were all in the studio just like we like bouncing made, ideas everybody off. made calls for the album That's like every single person in the room made it made like at least, at least a big a call calls, yeah and uh it was the kind of thing where it was done and it was just like this is like all of our record That's and like That's obviously like experience. yeah like jackson and i wrote it but like everybody played a huge it wouldn't be the same record if one person was missing yeah. So it was the the five of us. I remember we took a picture on Corey's porch afterwards, and like you can see how exhausted we all are. But it was <laughs> it was so much fun, and now yeah. the record's done. Now I know that they were mentioning something very briefly. One of them, either James or Corey, uh, I guess it was James that you Nick kind of explained to him what the record was like going to mean or yeah. like the um, so yeah so. My, like, opinion about talking about it has changed a little bit over the last two months, I'd say. Yeah. Um, because Jackson and I have been talking about it, and we, we don't want to, like, spell out the record for everybody. We want, we want people to take from what they're going to take from it. And then a big part of that, for me at least, is taking responsibility for the messages that I'm putting out. Cool. So, like, it, it's, it's really scary. I, I mean, like, when was it? Two days ago, in, like, the middle of the night, I texted James, and I was like, do you think the lyrics are too cheesy? And he was like, dude, like, why are you worried about this? <laughs> and I was like, I can't. Like, I've never, I've never been in a position where this many people are going to be hearing. Yeah, dude, like, I felt Where the this same many way. people are going to be, like, exposed yeah. to our art. Like, I guess that's what it is. But, like, this record for, like, lyrically is really thematic. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent, like, a week on the, on the track list. Like, just, like, Trying all, to get the right Trying order. to get the perfect progression. But... It was, the, the record is like a, it's like a liminal period record. So it's like the big transitions in our lives mm-hmm. from like childhood to adulthood. And like, I think it's funny now because listening back, it sounds like a lot of the songs are love songs, but there's only one song that's about like romantic mm-hmm. love and the rest just could be interpreted that way, but they're really not. But it's a lot about like having to do with your own, the whole record is about responsibility. It's about having to deal with your own responsibility as a person and, like, taking responsibility for your actions and how to deal with, like, being a shitty person and, like, having to own it because that's what you are. Like, if you do shitty things, you're shitty. Yep. But this is 
all, but it's all like about me. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the lyrics, still not really thinking like, oh, people are going to hear this. And then like finished it and have like a few like episodes of intense anxiety listening back to the record. Just like, oh my God, like everyone's going to know like the most personal shit about my life. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's gonna be that's gonna be more intense the next time that you write. Yeah. Because I think I'm going through that now. Where yeah. That first record was just like, all right, this is inner thoughts, like the lowest of lows that I'll ever write. Yeah. And now with this one, knowing that people have already heard like the inner, like the deepest mm-hmm. thoughts that I've ever had, um, I tried. It, it was like for three months of just trying to come up with like some idea. I had just gotten this job that I'm working yeah. on. So I was like, it's so strange how now my life has fallen into like this uh, schedule. Yeah, like, like a pattern. Yeah. And it's what everyone else is getting into. Yeah. Um, and I was like super pissed off about it because at that time I just was having all these friends that were going on tour and I was still here and we were like, still in the planning stages. I mean, I guess we still are, but I wanted to do that one song where it's like, dude, work sucks. Yeah, because yeah. like I'm making Dude, money. I can relate so hard. Spending all this time doing something I don't want to do just so I can do something that I do want to do. Yeah, but by the time that like I've done at least a part of getting to where I want to be in like a hobby or yeah. just something that really um, gives me passion and like a drive to move on forward in life, I have like these other obligations that I have to do. Yeah, like I. I if if I tried doing that, scheduling um, my life to be a certain way to accommodate my music, then I might not have enough time for Kelsey. Yeah. Like, I'm clear that I have no time for my family, and it's, like, really shitty being so, like, yeah. 400, 500 miles away from them, you know? Yeah. So, at first, I was like, all right, dude, sick, I'm going to write this song. It's going to be so... Uh, Cathartic. And, and, like, Marxist. Yeah. So, I was like, dude, how shitty is it that, like, I spend... A third of my life sleeping, technically. Yeah. Just to spend the other two, like, either working or sleeping. Or not sleeping. Uh, working or trying to hold balance all of these obligations. Yeah. And it was super philosophical. And I was like, wait, I don't, I don't feel comfortable putting that out there. So I made it a little more personal from there. No, that's, like, I can relate so much. Because it was us balancing schoolwork and, like, personal lives. Yeah. And so, like, the thing about this record for me... That I don't regret, but I think is, like, what makes it a record an 18-year-old wrote, or a 17-year-old wrote, um, is that it's, like, through the lens of this, like, best friend I had, and this, like, really complex relationship we had that was never romantic, Mm -hmm. but that was, it was always there, and, uh, like, she's my best friend, or she, she was, like, we graduated, so, like, we're going to college in different places and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, it's so bizarre for me because I was, like, really, like, I, I was open to the Reddit. Like, before I, like, finalized any lyrics for any songs, I was, like, can you, like, make sure these are okay? And I'm not, like, because I don't want to be that guy that's writing, like, unrequited love songs. Yeah. And just being obnoxious. Because that's the kind of stuff I hate. But I thought that it was a good lens to put everything through because it, like, that's an easy way for somebody who's listening to be able to relate to, like, some pretty, like, intense emotions. So, like like, anger, like, the angry songs, mm-hmm. and, like, if you put it in the perspective of, like, you know, like, a failed family relationship or a failed romantic relationship, people can connect to it yeah. a little bit more, and then they can, like, get to the message that I was trying to to say, like, that that I'm, like, obviously saying, but it needs to be put into some kind of perspective or else it's not relatable. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's the whole progression of the record. Like, it starts out with uh, me literally describing the preface of the relationship, and it ends with, like, a really, like, depressed acceptance that, like, I've made decisions that I'm going to live with. And then the actual, like, full end of the record is, like, this, like, uh, hyper-narcissistic, like, violent end to the record. Wow. Which I like. I like the very, like, the last two lines are, like... 20 seconds. Yeah, the last 20 seconds of the record are, like... It's, like... Like, the arc. It's, like, oh, like, realizing all the stuff about myself and then, like, being crushed by these realizations and, like, totally feeling destroyed that I realize I'm this type of person... And it's like, but fuck that. Like, what do I say? One of the last lines of the whole record is pray to me. So oh. it's, it's just like, it's like, yeah, like it's, it's like way well, well past the narcissism of like, I rule. It's just like, like I'm God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the, like a lot of the songs are hyperbolic on it. Like just to make that kind of a point. Right. Um, but I don't want people to hear this kind of stuff and hear me talking about like the time I spent on the lyrics. Be like, oh, that dude's like a pretentious dick. But it's not. I just like wanted to make stuff that reflected us. Yeah, and honestly, and I think what like every teenage person is feeling. Like one of the courses, one of our songs is "High School Sucks" when you're stuck on someone who's given up. (laughs) Like that's really cheesy. Yeah, but it's like it's like a lot of the times when I would have those cheesy feelings, I would run with it, and I'd be like, "Let's write a cheesy song," because like I'm feeling, I'm like having, I'm having cheesy feelings. So like let's let's like let's dive into that. And that's I think what makes music more. It, it, it makes it better because there's true emotion behind that. It's yeah. not just like, well, I feel this way, but I want people to think of it. It's spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. yeah Especially going, you guys being so young it. and being at a, a pivotal point in your life that everyone has related to it. You yeah. Know, where it's like, yeah, man, you're right. High school does suck to the point that yeah. I'm sure I'm definitely going to relate to that. Yeah. And even if it might not be of high school, I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, college, maybe like some classes. You know, college yeah. did suck at, at this point when it, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be relatable and it's coming from the eyes of someone that I never thought I could share a perspective of that yeah. in that way. And then what I just realized now with Jackson are laughing about is like, I met a girl like two weeks ago nice. who I like really, really like. Hey. And like, it was one of those things where it just started and immediately, what I, I, I was talking to Jackson, I was like, it started and immediately I was like, this is going to fuck up my life. <laughs> like in, in a great way. Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. just excited about it. And then, the night of our tour kickoff show, we played this song. It's on the internet in some places, but Daisy. And it's like the most cathartic song I've ever written, I think. And usually I'd feel like so, like, I'd feel like so much while every time we played it. Like, it would be so gut-wrenching to play. Like, it would just be like such an experience. Like, it's like what kind of song that we play last and I need to like take a minute by myself yeah. after we play it. And then I met this girl and like, it... It didn't lose its meaning, but it just took on this totally different meaning of like, yo, like shit happens and get over it, mm-hmm. um, which actually is what we named our record about. I'll tell you about it later off the record. Yeah. We haven't released it yet, but uh, but like that's that where the name of our record comes from is like that mentality, just like shit happens and like we've seen worse and like it's going to be fine. And so now it's such a different feeling. Like, like I went from like taking myself seriously over playing these songs, like giggling like singing like some like some like dark stuff but now it's it's just like funny it's just really funny how perspective can change that hell yeah dude that's how i am like because when i wrote bibby yeah i was 
that I think had to been like the lowest of lows. Um, and I was trying to make it or just swerve it towards like a positive perspective. It's like, well, like it's not going to get any worse than this. Yeah. So I might as well like, you we know, call that our trench. Like, yeah. So like people, like some kids peaked in high school. We say we trenched in high school. <laughs> yeah. So that was our trench. So we, we like, oh yeah, the, this record really exemplifies our trench moments. That's um, good. Like, and it's on, looking back on like, for me, like on those songs, it's like, well, it's a good tool of seeing how far you've come. And I'm yeah. sure you're going to feel that way. Oh once. yeah. And I've already started feeling like that when I'm, when I listen yeah. back to it. Well, I mean, I don't, I, we listened back to it a few times when we got the masters back, but I don't really like listening to our music. Um, yeah, just to want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. But then like playing the songs and stuff, it's just like it's not funny, but it's like kinda it's like cool. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part of my life that I'm as long as I'm doing music, I'm gonna be reliving. Mm-hmm. Like and another thing with our record is like a lot of the lyrics are like hyper specific to like an exact moment. Um like put in like a bigger context. Right. But like I'll be like playing the song and I remember like the moment I wrote those words. And like exactly what I was feeling, and I'm like, I'm like not feeling that right now. But it's it's just cool how the songs tell significance like to us, even yeah. though even though we're not in like that bad place anymore. Like we're like happy guys getting to like do what we really like to do right now. Like it's funny being on tour, like the happiest we're gonna be. Yeah. And then playing these like, playing like sad songs. Sad mm-hmm. It's it's funny. Yeah, it really is. Um, let me see. We're already over an hour, which I'm very surprised that we did. Uh, and that was like pretty much the last question that I had. Um, I guess. Oh, you know what? Uh, James or Corey, one of them were was filming the recording. Yeah, process, James, right? James filmed. He had a flip, thing. flip video. He filmed for like probably like forty hours. Yeah, we that have... weekend because we drove up with him. Right, we picked him up at the train station and drove nine hours. He has me giving a lyric by lyric talk, like explanation of the entire album. Wow, and like he has everything, like every thought we had recording, like he has is on like his computer or something. Yeah, and I know he said that you know eventually it's going to see the light of day. I'm not sure if you're planning on releasing it with the record or not. But he did say that y'all wanted to put it out on VHS yeah. tapes. We're, yeah. That's the kind of stuff we've been talking yeah. about. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's that kind stuff. of like fun stuff that we're yeah. just like, hey. Which is awesome. Music. I don't think any band has done that. And But there's definitely like a, a market for it. There's like a niche. For I mean, yeah, tapes. Well, this is the kind of thing that Corey and James, they have business brains. Yeah. Like, they're very business-minded. Like, they're like... They're obviously in it because they love music and mm-hmm. it's like totally changed their lives, but they are like, I want to do this. They're trying to make it work as they're like... Yeah, they want this to be their business. life. And like, yeah. I get it because we do too. Yeah. Like, we, we had that realization since we finished our record where we're like, if we, we finally think this, that we're like good enough that if, that we, like we're not expecting, but like we're hoping people like it. And if they do, like, we have calculated exactly how much money we would need to be making. Like, what guarantee we would need down to the cent to be able to pay our rent at home while we're Yeah, yeah I, saw, I think I saw that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, James and Corey are just kind of really helping us facilitate it. And it's great because they're, like, two of our closest friends now. It's and so great how that works It's unbelievable. Yeah, we, we talk, we, we talk about it all minutes, the time. Yeah. Well, I could talk about that for a whole day. Right. Just about how they hit us up out of nowhere. And now they're two of our And we've like hung friends. out with them 
And it's not so like the kind times. of thing where you hang out with people sometimes you're doing business and you're like kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it feels like we're like all friends. Whenever, when we left from being all we're four all of us in Fort Wayne together, stuff. we were so like bombed. Aww. Yeah. Like I talked to James on the phone. Like, like we have a, like we call it, it's on Facebook, obsessive group chat. Mm-hmm. But that we haven't gone a day without yeah. somebody saying something in it for like six months. Like we're just all very tight. And then they, they're just, trying to get us the recognition they think we deserve. Hell yeah, man. I definitely saw that too when we first were playing with y'all. It was really cool, especially I guess I was kind of looking at it from your perspective too, because yeah. when we were out, there, you know, I'm sure you guys are going to experience this too, but I had like miserable moments. I had like some lows on tour, which I guess everybody Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I was also coming back to just complete uncertainty. Yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't have like a job planned out. I had just moved in here with like a girl that I've known for maybe five, six months. Yeah, at that point, so everything could have fucking just dropped completely. He's and everything lucky. would have been fucked. So being on tour, especially that night, I remember it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's Almost just like, like lost. And then to have you guys come up, it's like, oh, dude, we fucking love you. Yeah, that album, and I was like, holy shit, it was like rejuvenating. <laughs> It's it's exactly those moments. Like I was telling you about the the guy Chris that's coming to our show tonight. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was it's little things like that. Just like him messaging me, yeah. being like, "Can you play these songs of the show?" Just the and fact I, that someone just the like, fact that somebody cares at all is just like like how could I stop? Yeah, I think that's definitely something we all kind of look for. Yeah, that that's the best part. A lot by by like a lot is just having anybody relate even vaguely. We did our tour kickoff show five days ago now. Insane. We've never had a local show where we bring out a lot of people, and this is our last DC show for a long time because we're moving to Philly. We had back. so many like people come out. Eighty people wow. came to the show, and there were like twenty people singing along to every song, and that's the kind of thing that's never happened to us. But it was so emotional. Like after the show was over, we just kind of sat in the car and we were just like, "What the f-? like? <laughs> like if like people care?" Yeah. Like, those moments where, that, that was a moment where we're just, like, let's those do whatever moments, we can yeah, where it's worth work. it. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. And both of you guys have that same drive, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sometimes... That's, that's like, the thing about being that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's by far the best part, is that no matter what, we're, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick, uh, I know you were talking about uh, the show that you had last show in D.C. Um, yeah. How was, I guess, how was the scene that was there? Um, Great. It, was it very inclusive? I, I don't have enough yeah. good things to say about our DC yeah. scene right now. It, when we started being a band, there wasn't really like an indie rock scene in DC. Hardcore. And now there really is. And it's it's a lot of young bands starting. And yeah. Like, I remember going like on Facebook, I think, uh, what was his name? Ron, the photographer? Yeah. yeah. I, I was going through all his different pictures and seeing all these different bands. I'm like, oh, this band sound, or this band has a cool name. Let me check them out. And there's like three bands already that I like them on Facebook, and now I'm like eagerly awaiting these like 16 year old releases. And yeah. Shit. Oh, we have these friends in this band, Camps. They're like Kobe and Brandon. We went to school rock with them, so we've known them for since they were like 11. Or 12. Yeah. And now they're like starting to get into. The they're studio. they're booking it's a so tour cool this like this August. So cool. It's the man. kind of shit where like, like right now I think our other thing is like, it's a really fine line though because like. 
you want good bands to be playing good shows. Like, you want to be known, like, promoters especially, they want to be known as a promoter who only puts together really good shows. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to throw a young band on a show that you're trying to market as being really good. But, like, just do it. It happens. Like, like what what we, like, we're not in any position to be telling anybody how to do anything right. Mm -hmm. But, like, our only advice to any bands younger than us is just practice every single day and don't stop writing songs. And then, like, if one person likes it, go on tour. If no one likes it, go on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just... Which is strange. That reminded me of an article that, I don't know who the fuck put out, but it was, like, an article where it's, like... About, like, young bands shouldn't go on tour. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? No. No. I read that. I remember... I literally remember reading that while we were on tour. Really? And I was just, like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Because if if you have the means to do it, and you're already, like... If you have to drive to be booking a tour... You're probably making music that yeah. people and, are gonna like. And if you fuck up, if you know you didn't try, because I remember we did like shitty Florida runs. Yeah. And I'm selling CDRs. Yeah. In uh, cardboard sleeves. Yeah. With um, I like I have it there. Uh, uh, oh my god, stamps. Yeah. Stamps as cover. And selling that for five dollars, and we didn't sell it. I still have those CDs here, yeah. but it was like a you live and learn type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like now I know exactly. I'm not going to charge for CDs that I, I burned on my computer. Exactly. But right. it was still something that is necessary to do. If you're going to tour, if you're going to make it work, you got to try. You got to have shitty tours. You have to have shitty shows. Oh yeah, exactly. We were, we were talking about that. It's like actually we had this advice from an older band in DC that talked to us, and they said tour as much as you can and if it ever if you ever have a tour that's worse than the one before quit because they're like then something's wrong mm-hmm. or at least take a break yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No. they're like regroup but like we've realized that like every single tour every time you go out it's a little better. bit better it's a little bit better a little a, f- a few more people like you a few more people know you and now we've gotten to the first time in our like musical lives where there's people like consistently liking the stuff we post on Facebook and we have no clue who they are. <laughs> like, people messaging, we just, re- like, released our tour poster, like, people messaging um, our band page, like, what's the address for this show? And nice. I'm like, I didn't know anybody outside of DC knew who we were until, like, we booked this tour and people started messaging us. <laughs> I mean, it's that same kind of thing. It's just, like, making a few connections as the kind of thing where it's like, Definitely helps. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Alright, well, two last questions. Yeah. Um, what's next? After this tour, once you guys move to Philly, what's like the um, the long term yeah. plan? Well, if you can get some. Yeah, out. no, we've we've talked about it. We <laughs> have started writing our next full length. Damn, dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just started writing it. Um, we want to try and write it. We're we're trying. We have like a vision for it, so we we know we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're taking a little break. We just started a new band that's still just us two. Um, but we were writing uh, an LP for that too, so we're gonna try to finish that by the end of the summer. Just and we have stuff. Big Moth. We have Big Moth. We're band. also trying to not spread spread ourselves thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we're we're just like taking it really slow. Like we write a song, like what band does this fit with? But we're working on. Wow, a, that's smart as hell, dude. We're working a Big Moth seven inch right now. Obsessives, like we don't know who we're putting Maybe out with or split. anything, but. Probably split, definitely oh, full split. length, That'd be cool. and then uh, this new band, Coke Star. Nice. We're just gonna 
like self-release of full length just because it's it's like songs that I've had sitting around for a while that yeah. we we just put practice a few times and we're like we like it right. so self-record it self-release that but the plan for next year is we're moving to Philadelphia or just tour nice tour be on yeah. the grind and then see by the end of next we're definitely going to college we really want to go to college because mm-hmm. we love school but like we want to be like educated people we want to be involved and be able to like make some kind of difference with like the privilege we've had so far in our lives nice but uh like if things go to plan and some people do like our record, we'll just do semester on semester off at college. Yeah, um, honestly, that works. You know? Or transfer to different or, schools. Yeah, so that makes it easier to work. Yeah, and honestly, you're gonna the college schedule is a lot freer. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll be able to pull this off. Yeah. Oh shit! On what up? Okay. Um, what? our neighbor's coming over to get a Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. We'll introduce after this. Okay, so last question then. Uh, Any bands from D.C. that you want to put over? Any shout-outs? Any bands? Yeah, we've done this whole leg of our tour, this band Swings. Um, They're unbelievable. I I can't believe watching them live every night has been such a treat. Oh, my God. Like, I know every band says that with every band they tour with. Yeah. I I can't. (laughs) I don't understand. We don't really like a lot of bands, to be honest. Yeah. We probably listened to, like, 20 bands, like, combined. And it was the kind of thing where just the first time we saw them. Like, I remember I saw them first by myself when Jackson was on vacation one Mm -hmm. time in D.C., I've, we've been friends with them for a while. I actually met their singer, Jamie, through Craigslist. Cool. Whoa. I mean, yeah. It was really funny. I just, like, was looking for a new... Like, the amp that I'm touring with now is the amp that they... It was, it was like, their amp. Right. And I bought it off him, and then I met him, and I was like, are you in a band? And he was like, yeah, I'm in this band Swings. And I was like, oh, I love you. Uh, he was like, are you in a band? I was like, I'm in the band Obsessives. He was like, oh, I love you guys. It was, <laughs> it was really funny. Because, like, we, it just wasn't something we were expecting. But, uh... They're, like, the most incredible music. no it's, it's un- like insane like it's unparalleled it's an, no it's another level it's like we've never heard a band play like that before That's and they're about to put out uh something soon something <laughs> on something yeah something oh, nice. on <laughs> on the label soon and uh it's unbelievable we, nice. we we got a little sneak peek it's nice they're unbelievable <laughs> so they're they're gotta be they've gotta be our number one shout out yeah the dc has a ton of great bands northern virginia has a ton of great bands but like Swings is Swings is one of those bands that nice. they, they can't go unmentioned. Cool. They're, I'll yeah, out. they're taking. Uh, they're uh, still on tour. They're they're on tour right now. They're just going back up, um, but they're taking next semester off to tour, like cool. to real tour. Like mm-hmm. They're 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 kind of doing what we're doing, kind of just like diving into the full U.S. Um, That's cool. But they're that's an awesome trend. I hope that continues. I really hope answers. bands just start doing yeah. that, especially when they're like high school age. Mm-hmm. But uh, swings, swingsdc.bandcamp.com. Tight, even the URL. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that should be enough. It might be under just an hour and a half. Uh, we had a, a what's it called? An appearance with Kelsey too. So that's very tight. Um, Guys, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks so awesome. much for having us. This is really cool. cool. Yeah. I hope this turned out well because I started realizing that the levels were really, really low and it was just my headphones that were blasted. Okay. Um, but I think I could just fix it, just yeah. really bump that volume. And if it sounds shitty, it sounds shitty. It's our first interview, but yeah. that's really cool because now I could say, yeah, this podcast has an interview yeah, with the successes. And we're yeah. showing it. Yeah. Yeah, we're playing showing it. A house show. Did I tell you what the podcast was called? No. No. It's called The House Show. The house show? Uh, oh, that's tight. The house show. Yeah, awesome.
Reach. That's an adult thing I would have never thought. Alright, well, yeah, so.